Lord Hager, Lord Hager was a boozy beggar who could think you under the table. David Hume can out consume Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel, and Wittgenstein was a beery swine who was just a schlosh to Schlegel. There's nothing Nietzsche couldn't teach about the raising of the wrist. Socrates himself was permanently pissed. John Stuart Mill of his own free will, on half a shanty was particularly ill. Later they say he could sing it away. Half a grain of whiskey every day. Aristotle, Aristotle was a bugger for the bottle. Hobbes was fond of his dram. And Rennie Descartes was a drunken fart. I drink, therefore I am. Yes, Socrates himself is particularly missed. A lovely little thinker but a bugger when he's pissed. Welcome to the Thus Spake Jake podcast. Uh, I'm Jake Cousins. I'm Tim Vigers. Uh, I'm Kai. Wait, you guys aren't going to say your last names? I said my last name. Oh, Um, Wait, you did? Yep. I said Tim Vigers? Like I I (laughs) couldn't remember if that was correct, but it is. It's definitely definitely Um, that. uh, (laughs) Kai Beavers. We are off to a phenomenal start. Um, if you listen to us on any future episodes, we would try and have some sort of goof or bit here related to our topic, but um, we've spent about 20 minutes talking about a goof, and we don't have one, Yeah, so we got nothing. here we are. But I think this is about the level of professionalism that you can, our listeners can come to expect from this podcast. So. I guess that's true. We don't want to raise people's hopes. Yeah, no, not on the first episode. Much, uh... Higher, uh, higher quality in this. <laughs> well, if you're offended that we're this unprepared, I guess this is this is your time to cut bait before you've wasted any more of your <laughs> of your precious life. Um, we're a philosophy uh, strong air quotes quote unquote <laughs> yeah uh, podcast. Um, essentially, we're you know three morons on a quest to unearth the great truths of the human condition. Uh, I think we should stay before we start. We have no standing or formal training or really any capacity to unearth any sorts of truths, let alone the important ones. But um, we decided it's what we wanted to do anyway. So here we go. Yeah, I have. I took one philosophy class in high school, um, and that is it. That's my background. So, And, t- and Tim emphatically knows the most of, of the three of us. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, this week we wanted to talk about immortality. Uh, it seemed like a nice broad way to start our show um so what we've done is kind of compiled some different takes on immortality and some different uh sort of ethical questions that it raises um and we thought we'd just sort of discuss that today yeah that sounds good (laughs) let's let's do it (laughs) (laughs) tim Uh. you wrote our first question you want to get us started (laughs) Uh, sure. That, yeah, I think after your ringing I mean, endorsement, <laughs> um, the I mean, so the first question I thought that we should talk about is not. Um, I mean, it's fairly obvious. It's basically just, would you want to be immortal given that option? Um, but with with this kind of question, I think it's important to like set some parameters for the question because it's so mm-hmm. sort of open ended. Um, so I was thinking that. This would be a kind of immortality where you you absolutely cannot die. There's no way out of it. Like you can't you can't really be killed. Um, you can't kill yourself, and you'd essentially just continuing continue existing um, for eternity, even even if the like solar system implodes and all of that. Was my thought in so the the problem of death is no longer a right an, an issue in right. This hypothetical situation for everyone or just for for you i was thinking Uh, just for you shit Mm. (laughs) i i i don't know i feel like it's there's this natural like instinct as someone who's terrified of everything um especially death that like you'd want to jump on that right there's this guarantee that's really comfortable it's like okay i've got you know some billions of years before i have to figure out um, how to get off that this planet, and then I can start thinking about like what's actually going to happen to the universe at at the end of all things. So like, there's there's a lot of comfort in that amount of time. But I think about like all the little things. Um, like, right, if you're living forever, like the idea of of, of 
having lived thousands of years past the point that like you forgot the name of the first person that you were in love with right or mm-hmm. like right. forgotten what your your like mother or father or, or any important family member like even looked like um and i know that's really right. sort of like a cheesy thing but that haunts me on some level no it would be extremely extremely depressing um and you just watch you know endless kind of cycles of people you were close to die and then forget about them and just kind of continue that forever right until you were just floating through space there's that whole alone (laughs) (laughs) sorry um yeah there's that whole like scene in in i want to say the um the second lord of the rings movie where like there's the massive question about elves intermarrying with other species right and just like the idea of like you're signing yourself up up for heartbreak and i always trash right. the elves in lord of the rings because i just like <laughs> good rightly so i'm glad that we're getting into this on the first episode <laughs> it was come out at some point <laughs> I mean, the idea like i don't i don't care about this eternal curse or anything else but like oh we've been we've like we could help um but instead we're gonna just like sit back and tell you about all the ways that you're fucking it up mankind like ah, oh, you're so terrible <laughs> right. we're gonna sit on our hands Finally, um, someone said it. I'm just going to, like, <laughs> sit in this hot takes of the TSJ <laughs> podcast. But, like, on some level, like, I don't know. I I wonder to the extent to which you could actually even be human on this emotional sense if you, as Kai said, were, like, True. completely detached from death and no one else was. Like, um, the idea that, like, I you would feel paralyzed all the time, right? Knowing that that, like, you would impact everything you did is, is functionally, like meaningless to you if you have eternity or potentially meaningless to you if you have eternity to recover or figure things out or move on but like you would have such a massive impact on someone else's life um would be i I think like stay me from doing lots of different things right yeah and you don't want to end up like like elrond like you were saying just sitting in a fancy house watching everything go to shit i wonder how it feels then, like and then leaving on a boat <laughs> I mean, being super judgmental all the time would be really fun because no one could really call you out yeah eh, i've seen several millennia more than you can comprehend <laughs> for so trillions, and trillions right. of years i've been a judgmental <laughs> yeah. i've been sitting in this coffee shop <laughs> just judging <laughs> that'd be the go-to right just set up in some right. hipster coffee shop and just snark at everyone who comes in just right. Like, don't talk to that. Put on dude. your. He's been alive for like trillions. Put of on, years. put on the Sonic Youth shirt you bought at Urban Outfitters and just, just sit there. <laughs> just cruise. The, the funny thing is, if someone in my life today was doing that, I, honest to God, wouldn't be able to like call them out or like comprehend that that's what they were doing because I would just assume they were like every other snarky hipster that i you know what i mean like they'd be indistinguishable <laughs> it's from true. just assholes in our mm. in our current life <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> i wonder what i but wonder what i mean morality you, you could also oh, we're just talking oh. over each other. no go ahead no i was just wondering what morality would like what how would you have any like morality because you would have so much power if you were uh could have no you know not be killed or have no uh relationship to death you right could just, you could change the entire world you know so that that would be a problem i think that's true you could also be kind of a huge resource for good though as well like because you'd have sort of a vast knowledge by the time i mean obviously you'd forget certain things but um you kind of have the you could kind of go either way i guess um it's sort of like and there's Sorry, go ahead, Tim. No, no, go ahead. It's sort of like if this idea is like so much of morality does seem to boil down in just in like a day to day context, like not overarching ethical systems is like this almost like responsibility or reciprocity towards each other. Right. Like I don't do things because it would suck if people did them to me. And I know that's reductive and not like necessarily moral everywhere. But um, when it's impossible for there really to be reciprocity between you and other people it seems impossible to treat them morally like at what point do you just stop caring if you like if you're right someone else or you inconvenience them or even if you ruin their life 
if your like conceptualization of time and the importance of things is just so disproportionate to everyone else's. Right. I mean, basically, your your only sort of moral compass would be, it would just be totally internal. There'd be no like external factors to keep you in check mm-hmm. anymore. Do you think anyone? I mean, do you think that it would be inevitable that you'd kind of just start abusing that power? There's a bit of the like question of like all of the you know like social contract thinkers like Hobbes who start with the thought experiment of like well if you look in yourself people are fundamentally blank and therefore we should build our society that way. There's a bit of like you know it's unfalsifiable, right? Because like mm-hmm. Hobbes looks inside himself and he's like, oh, yep, I'm a terrible human being. And if you don't think you're a terrible person when you reflect, then you're just not looking hard enough and being honest enough. So I'm a little nervous in answering that question, but I. I don't, it seems inevitable to me, right? Like, no matter how I think so. rigid your moral compass or, or how, like, strictly you adhere to whatever ideologies you subscribe to, like, doesn't it seem like just a matter of time before you start flirting with the gray edges and then when you can essentially, like, push the boundary forever, eventually you get to a place. Right. And it's like an if-not-when thing. But there's always, I mean, I, I suppose, like, you couldn't necessarily be killed. But if you went too far, you could still be locked up for ever. And that right. would be There is a practical question of, of how do you live your life so no one, like, sees you as this, like, threat or tries to weaponize you or <laughs> something else, right? I mean, right, that's exactly. more super, like, superhero-oriented than I guess we really are, are focused <laughs> on. But I wonder about that. Um <laughs> I mean, that's the whole, yeah, it's the whole X-Men thing, basically. (laughs) The X-Men problem. Which I think Hobbes must have talked about at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Look, we claimed at the start that we have no standing to talk about this. So if it becomes an X-Men and Lord of the Rings podcast 10 minutes in, I don't think we owe anyone an apology. (laughs) No, I think that's, I mean, that might also be inevitable. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But also... Speaking of which, Magneto is totally right. This is just like a side point, but um, since we're talking philosophies, Magneto is totally one hundred percent correct. So, oh, yeah, is that? Um, I yeah. don't. I don't like any of the people that I've met that disagree with that statement. So, yeah, no, you can't trust <laughs> them. <laughs> they're just lying to themselves that their structure of morality will hold up <laughs> under any circumstances. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, let's give them immortality so we can laugh at them hundreds of years after we're dead. <laughs> Kai, what do you think? About Magneto. That's the pressing About Magneto, question. I, I haven't really studied extensively on the whole X-Men subject, so I, I don't really feel qualified to answer that one. Um, Who's your favorite X-Men, though? This is embarrassing. I have no idea. Well, this concludes the <laughs> Thus Spake Jake podcast. We're going to oh, do God. some retooling of our third member and get back to you when we... <laughs> yep. Kai is going to Kai is gonna watch all the X-Men movies tonight. <laughs> we'll re-record tomorrow. Clearly, I need to study up. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't in the rundown, but goddamn, Kai. <laughs> Sorry. Base level knowledge of X-Files is... Or, God damn it. Oh, my God. What is uh, happening? I'm sorry. Um... But I guess, anyway, so back back to the what we were talking about. Um, sorry, before before that, um, there would still be, I suppose, like, just the fact that you can't die doesn't necessarily mean that there aren't external checks on your morality. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, like, there's not that kind of, like, ultimate punishment or whatever, if that's what you think about that. Like if that's how if you think of death as like sort of ultimate punishment, then you don't have that. But there are other options. Yeah, I think that's a fair point, and I also think like I'm sort of presupposing that the only reason that people are like good to one another is out of fear of some sort of like repercussion or or um, something like that. And I do think that while some of those external factors, like you're saying, would be reduced, I I think I'm being a little dismissive of. Um, I don't know of like your psychological state. Maybe the response would be like to throw yourself into like some sort of, I'm going to use the word monastic, but I mean it in sort of any theological or secular Uh sense, but like throw yourself into like some like 
type of solitude or study or something might actually end up being the response after like day-to-day life with people becomes so intolerable or banal or however you respond to it. But like once you disconnect, maybe the response is to come like go be some meditative monk. Right. Like Superman, not to harp on this, the superhero thing (laughs) too much, but (laughs) yeah, that was kind of my thought. Jake. I was thinking that like, uh, you would be in this interesting position because I feel like all religions are like relating to death in some way, like Buddhism or something is about impermanence or you're kind of always, um, you know, you're, you're studying your mind in relation to like the fact that you'll die and all this stuff. So you'd just mm-hmm. be on a totally different plane. Um, and I don't know what that would mean. Yeah. I mean, Oh my God, we're going to make three comic book references in the first like 20 minutes Hell of the yeah. podcast. But I think a lot about like, okay, it's really flawed on a lot of levels and I don't love it as much as I like thought I did in college. But like, I think about Dr. Manhattan in, in Watchmen a lot. Like obviously he had like all sorts uh-huh. of like insane superhuman powers um, or to a lesser extent, like thinking about um, Billy Pilgrim in, in Slaughterhouse five that like, um, that it more kind of takes this feeling of like haunted detachment rather than being like, Ooh, I'm just going to like, see what I can get, be like, get away with. I'm going to like hit this person with my car and see, you know what I mean? Like these terrible, right. like, sure. Also, thanks for, for, for bringing up, you know, for making us a little more highbrow with the vinyl. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, I important. think that was, that's I did good. lead in though. I could have just like skipped Watchmen and could have just started with, with, Billy Pilgrim. It's like that's like a highbrow comic. That's a graphic, <laughs> you know. Um, I guess that's a different type of immortality, though, right? The idea that you're just like bouncing around within your own life, not living forever. So maybe we should save that for for later in the show. True. Yeah, yeah that's true. I mean, so I guess how how does it change things if if you say can be killed and you you wouldn't ever die of natural causes, mm-hmm. but you're not you know, bulletproof, um, then you could, you know, end it whenever you choose. I guess that's kind of makes huh. it an easy choice for me. Yeah, I think, Cause you, I think you would accept it. I would be totally have. fine with, you know, mm-hmm. I think I'll, but then in a way the, like, I don't know that you, the only way out would be killing yourself, which is depressing and scary. So, right. I also feel like, I don't know, maybe this is just cause I'm a coward, but like, Part of my response would just be like, well, I just don't want to get in any situation where I might die. So I'm going to like, like essentially like baby proof my apartment as someone who's almost 30 and then just not leave there ever. Right. Like don't, and right. I guess cut ties with people I love and care about. Like don't bring your diseases near me. Just, I can't risk just it. Now. Just now. <laughs> You're just living this horrible existence for hundreds of years. Right. I would, I would podcast through the computer with people doesn't say we not could, let anyone we could keep doing the <laughs> yeah. podcast but that'd be a cool podcast. you know we just never speak face to watch every so. tv show and read every book that i could get like delivered through the mail <laughs> i mean with yeah, amazon you just survive is on there amazon any Prime. yeah <laughs> is there any reason to talk to people anymore <laughs> Isn't that a question that doesn't necessarily have to do with immortality, though? Aren't we all kind of dancing? Well, that's yeah, what's like, super interesting, right? How much do I right? need people? Yeah, we're kind of all becoming immortal in that way, I think. <laughs> in that way, that's <laughs> Through true. Amazon Prime. Through <laughs> <laughs> Amazon Prime. <laughs> um, Tim, you wanted to talk, and I think we're kind of flirting in that direction anyway, is like efforts and research into like biological immortality or kind of what... I right, know, we have called it. Well, so the, I don't know if it's an accepted term, but like new alchemy. Right. Yeah. Like the. I don't know. It's a cool sort term. of modern day attempts to just, you know, extend our lives or, um, you know, cure cancer and heart disease and anything that kind of, you know, gets you eventually. Um, and and like uh, Ray Ray Kurzweil has this idea that um, and he's kind of an insane person but it's an interesting thought uh so like he thinks that eventually medicine will get to the point where every year that we live we can extend our life by another year um so just kind of continually outrun death um forever which is kind of an interesting thought i don't know He, he seems to think that it'll happen soon which i disagree with um but it doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility yeah. to me. 
I think that's totally horrifying. I mean, if you think about like how, you know, like how life expectancy right now is all related to like, you know, what kind of resources you grow up with or whatever, you know, so that's just like, great. Then you just have this like elite that's like out, you know, (laughs) outgrowing their lives (laughs) and everyone else is, uh, you know, maybe. Right. Is this the, is that the plot of Elysium? I never saw that movie. Oh, I I think I know. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But sorry. Enough. enough (laughs) Never. I think like, no, I think Kai, you bring up an interesting point because like we worried about the morality or, or or lack thereof of an individual. And that Mm -hmm. seems even more of a risk with the obvious like class implications of it. I think it's like pretty safe to assume that like regardless of when or if this would happen, like if you can imagine that world, it wouldn't like, we don't have universal access to, to like insulin. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, So it's like, it's not like everyone's suddenly going to have this. Um, And I wonder then if, if like the mob mentality and ability to like justify that all people have to like really justify their actions or reinforce their actions through the people around them. Like, I wonder if that actually would lead to much more horrific things. Um, I don't want to jump to the conclusion of like, Oh, there'd be like mass slavery or my dog just freaked the hell out. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Good thing that I have a microphone and headphones so that no one had to hear that. I had no idea. <laughs> oh man. Um, but like, you know what I mean? That, that all of a sudden you talk yourself into like, Oh, you know, we actually are superior and et cetera, et cetera. And then oh, all of a sudden yeah. it's like, you can see this like really scary path to like indentured servitude yeah. or like, organ trafficking or all sorts of just like yeah nasty nasty places also like i think about like to what end like how is that like a value of society like great i'm gonna live longer like that's that's not that's not like a a i mean to do what like what what are you what are you gonna do do you just want to like live a little bit longer like you want to buy more stuff like i don't understand what um it's just mystifying to me i don't understand like right and i wonder like with Kurtzwilder, I, 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 Tim, you read more of his research than I did, but like, I wonder about if the body is just sort of still perpetually decaying. Mm. Um, right. That's well, that's a big kind of like yeah. a big part of the question, I think, because it really depends. Like, I mean, I, I imagine that you would just continually be getting older and older and sort of frailer as well. And then you think about like not just like physical frailty but like the you know not for everyone obviously but the ways in which different forms of dementia set in more more rapidity with age like what if we have this like immortal elite class that like all are completely Uh, detached from this reality right Hmm. i mean would it be all that different Uh, oh god (laughs) Uh, <laughs> um, I did read a lot though. This is an abrupt topic change, but it was so glad we can edit this. <laughs> no, keep it in. You need the lame dad jokes. <laughs> that was an awesome dad Someone's joke. Someone's gonna bring. That's, that's what I'm here for. That was like so. dad social. That was like dad social commentary, <laughs> right. which is like the best. Right. My my dad certainly would have worked the NSA in there somehow. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'll I'll get up to that level eventually. Dad, if you listen to this, I love your jokes. Never change. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have a, an Evernote list of my dad's best jokes. Um, no, I, <laughs> because they're so, so good. So I'm sure this isn't going to be revelatory to either of you because you're both much smarter than I am. But in like researching this, um, I went down a... Not true. I went down on. this yeah, like rabbit hole um, of like looking at morphalaxis and like creatures in that like currently exist that have this ability to like regenerate tissue oh, shit a, like tardigrades yeah, like tardigrades or like like a lot of the cnidarians but like the cnidarian hydra is the one that i read a lot about and it took me an embarrassing amount of time to realize like this wasn't uh like somehow connected to greek like myth. a mythical like thing? oh no wait this is actually a like simple <laughs> organism that lives <laughs> on my planet um but like some of them really are able to like regenerate fast enough to essentially negate the natural um like I don't know, like decomposure of of cells and it was fascinating to like, right. read some of the things like not just like the natural uh, not just like physical degradation over time but also like being directly cut in half and then forming just like 
continuing to live as two separate creatures. And um, right. there was even like a case study done where in 1930, where Wilson, two researchers, Wilson and Child, actually like pulped up a cnidarian and then passed the yeah. cells through a like through a sieve and then those cells just like re like reformed, like reformed basically right. and continued to live as if it was the initial organism and like obviously i get it when creatures don't have a central nervous system and etc cetera, etc cetera. like this is much more possible than like right not really talking about anything remotely connected to human physiology but like i was stunned. no but it makes me think that it's not sort of that's kind of why i feel like it's not outside the realm of possibility because with you know stem cell research Mm -hmm. and stuff regenerative like the regenerative capacity of people i think is it's a lot greater than we sort of thought it was for a long time um obviously it's not like i don't think that's anywhere near us but like i could see it happening someday um and i was just wondering if like I have this knee-jerk reaction when I'm thinking about it. Um, that's just like, no, that's awful. That's terrifying. Uh-huh. But if you guys... So, if it was available to everyone, and so, like, the entire human race was completely immortal, does that change how you feel about it? Hmm. I think so. You know, so, not... so if we sort of take away the class right. aspect of it, which is a totally fair point, but if you just assume that it's you know, equally accessible to I mean, everyone. honestly, I, and this is, uh, I mean, whatever, an alternative title for this show, which, for the record, I never protested the title on air. It sucks that my name is in the title. <laughs> yeah. That's really awkward. Um, <laughs> just putting it out there. Um, no, but, like, if I'm being honest, like, the class things worry me a lot as, like, a thought experiment and thinking about, like, what is right and how do we treat people and stuff. But I think if it was actually on the table that I could, like, me and the people that I love could all be immortal and indestructible. I want to say I would be terrified and say no, but I think at the end of the day, it'd be like, I think it'd be hard to saddle up. Let's do this. (laughs) We're going to be this like invincible cabal. We're going to get every degree. And then we're going to start running every government. And we're like, I can't resist that kind of like, I don't know. That, that level of control is like, Sounds pretty awesome to me. Yeah. I, think, <laughs> I don't know. It really freaks me out. I think that, like, also because what this is going to sound so pretentious, but what kind of like art would you create if you could live, you know, in infinity? Like, I, I feel like so much interesting stuff is and work is created from suffering and, like, you know, from- knowing you're going to die and. and impermanent there would still be suffering though there would still be suffering um oh god well yeah i mean it's not i like the fear of death isn't the only well maybe but is that true though does it like well i don't know i think uh taking away death take away every you know like a lot of suffering most most suffering yeah maybe to ensure that I, i i hear you about art and stuff actually i think that's a great point i think if it was just my cabal and i like we could just yeah. be curators of great art right? but, <laughs> um, no uh, no i think like i think i mean maybe the solution is like if you're immortal to make sure that there's still suffering and understanding of the philosophy and history that came before and an understanding mm. of how to create art like maybe people have to just like you know of your of your unspeakable lifespan you've got to spend a couple hundred years like just getting the shit tortured out of you um, <laughs> or like right just so or in so some like existential like... hell like partnered with i like that the like least that imagine, like the, the least appealing person or i don't know some maybe, sort of like... maybe there would be sort of maybe there would be new forms of suffering related to yeah. whatever that was true. Maybe there's you some know, sort of like grand make. unified religion, right? And the the equivalent of like confirmation um, or your first communion is like, and now you go into the wilderness and experience unspeakable horrors for the next three hundred <laughs> years. And when you come back, you'll be an adult and we'll let you vote on things because you understand what it means to be. <laughs> I didn't have an end think, point yeah. there. I just you <laughs> trail off, I guess. That works. <laughs> no, that's cool. I like it. <laughs> Um, but so, I mean, I guess with, with the whole, you know, if it's not just you and your cabal and it's every single person, Mm -hmm. then 
I guess what happens when like the earth runs out of resources. Right. That's right. Does humanity just like spread throughout space forever? Right. And that's where it gets in. If you take the indestructible component out, right. Mm. Cause then they're yeah. like, whatever, I'll like shoot you in a cannon to Mars. <laughs> and you'll get there at some point. And you'll hurt and you'll be fine. Yeah, it gets right. like that's... ridiculous really quickly. <laughs> yeah. But if, it, if it's just everyone, but also awesome, yes. right. awesome quickly as well. Um, but we're already verging on such soft science and philosophy. Like um, the, the softest. <laughs> just the soft. We are the brie of scientific inquiry. Ooh, good oh, cheese joke, Jake. Um, <laughs> yeah, nice. You nailed it. Um, I, I feel like if you just like imagine that science, through whatever capacity, gets to a place where we have infinite lifespans in terms of... Um, like dying of natural causes you can still catch certain diseases you can like obviously any sort of like traumatic death would kill you um then the resource question becomes terrifying um yeah and i don't know what's like is it just we say like and this is it these are the people we have and we all become like 90 right then Then what happens with reproduction is it just like the same well, you would essentially forever. have to have, like, an authoritarian, like, global state to be, like, these people get to live, these people get to die, or, you know, we can't have too many people. Like, there's no way that could work with, like, any kind of right. democracy or no. anything like that. It's impossible. Right. And, then, or, and then it's, like, I think about, like, this might be... I joked the last time we recorded, even though that no one will ever hear it. So I don't know why I'm referencing. <laughs> Good it, like, basically, my my TV <laughs> intake is is just watching West Wing on a loop. Um, so maybe this is coming from that. But like, I think about like how funding priorities would change, right? Like, if it was a democratic government, right? So to, like, rather than hearing people bitch about. Um, Oh, no, like why are we why are we devoting so much money to NASA when we have X, Y, and Z problems here at home? Like NASA would be the only thing you would, you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. um, not the only thing, but like that would make up such a huge percentage of any government's like funding, right? It would be some way to get more resources mm. and space for the population. I mean, I guess that's where all science would, you know, because there'd be no real need for like medicine anymore, assuming. Well, we kind of found some some way of being permanently immortal, right. but I also I, I think about, again the little things like funerals and and um like any person's passing is obviously so tragic almost regardless of like your um like religious or or um philosophical views um. I feel like I say I'm saying philosophy a lot. I'm not trying to just remind people this philosophy, <laughs> <laughs> in case they forgot when we were talking about Lord of the Rings and and Superman. Um, but I think about like those are already so so tragic, right? For for each of us on different levels. But there's also this like feeling of I don't know, almost like this communal sense of like this is something that that like we will all endure and something we all share by nature of being human. Um, Mm. but then the idea of like, Oh, so-and-so died in a car crash when they were, you know, when they were 20 years old and all of us can live until we're, you know, millions of years old. Like, doesn't it become even more, Mm. um, even sadder. That's interesting. Just like haunting and, and defeating when someone passes prematurely. I guess, cause all deaths are premature deaths. Right. Again, I think that's like, just brings in the social, or like political implications of like, then you have people that could shield themselves as much as possible from, I mean, that's difficult, of course. Yeah. There are, you know, disease, I guess if we could still do disease, then that's, that's possible. But, but still, I feel like if you have, you know, the resources to protect yourself versus like, you know, areas with a lot of war or anything like that, it's going to change. I don't know. I think that's going to change things. Right, if you have the the economic ability to essentially like live in a sterilized panic room, right, right, exactly. That's what I'm getting right. at. And then you know, I don't know. It's... it's yeah. I guess now that you bring that up, that seems like it'd be almost inevitable. Like rather than kind of adventuring out from from Earth or whatever, and like instead of it making humanity as a whole more kind of, I don't know. I keep I can't think of a word adventurous. I guess it would just maybe become more insular and everyone would just be too like so scared of dying prematurely they wouldn't do anything i wonder if it would also make people very very self-centered you know like 
because you're kind mm. of like a god at that point. Right. That's kind of what yeah, I mean. Yeah. Like you know, I feel like a lot of like even why we fight, you know, wars or how you know, or it's about creating a you know community or some sort of value outside of your own life, you know. And so I don't know what if we if you're just a god at that point. And I wonder if it would make us less, if you think about like organized society, right? And government, that sort of thing, would it make us more likely to be prudent and be careful about people's lives? Or would it mean like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a reason why I I get this feeling that violence and war might even be more um, prevalent. I feel like it might get worse. But I don't know why. Yeah. Is it something like something like, there's I guess it's this, this other... idea that, that that like if you get rid of everyone else, then that's like you are it mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. Like, um, well, yeah, I, I guess the ba- it's back to the resources thing, right? There's not this. It, it becomes even more of a of a of a like finite game in the sense that we're not talking yeah. about generationally. It's like, what am right. I going to eat in 150 years? Mm, um, yeah. right. It's so very self-centered. Sudden, yeah. yeah, you become you can justify a lot if it's if you can't pass the buck on to, to future yeah. generations, I guess. <laughs> also, I just think about like the environment or just anything that's not human, right? Would just mm. be totally deg- degraded, uh, you know, degraded because it's um it's just about human life or whatever, not about anything else. You know? Yeah. And there's this weird answer, like in a sense, like through evolution, right. The, the theoretically like biological immortality is possible for a species, right. Mm-hmm. Not for an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But I do think the dynamics change a lot just because we're self-aware and aware of our own mortality, or in this case, aware of the fact that we are now immortal, um, that it does seem to promote being even more selfish right because there's this mm-hmm. idea of like if your perspective is survival of the species maybe you'll do something that doesn't directly and positively impact you but it can like be for the good of the whole um but you wouldn't have and i'm not right. saying people and often that would be do gone. that or anything but like yeah that would be totally gone right right i mean there is like an idea of biological altruism um that I guess would would disappear. Like some some people think that's kind of where altruistic tendencies come like, from is because it's or, or like the idea of sort of helping your neighbor basically comes from the fact that it helps the group as a whole mm-hmm. and that hel- helps you survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I guess that would still kind of be built into people, but it might sort of fade over time. Mm-hmm. I was thinking. Yeah, I mean, if you take if you take Kai's premise about like people being more and more self interested in trying to preserve themselves essentially like i think it's it's not a stretch to make the argument that that like cooperation is so evolutionarily advantageous that like it does obviously like if we're gonna create a space program or find some sort of like more renewable way to create resources or something those are obviously cooperative efforts but it seems like the short if folks were short-sighted which we seem pretty pretty uh ingrained to be in a lot of ways that like you would reject the cooperative element to try and ensure that you or yours are are as protected as you would hope you know i just can't see it i can't i just like now that we're talking about this i can't see it being a like a good thing and making you know like i can't really see any other outcome right and and then i wonder how much of that is like we are we don't know anything else, right? Where we have this awareness that we're mortal and we kind of have to like, like Kai said, like build religions and art and, and like systems of morality around like grappling with that idea. Um, so maybe there are like all sorts of like ways that the human condition would continue without being that altered, but we can't even comprehend them because I mean, that's something that like one of the rare things that truly does transcend culture and time and space is awareness of our mortality so mm-hmm. i don't know maybe there could be a more positive outcome and i just can't see it because mm. because it's not an option for me yeah like you were saying it's like common to all culture you know i think i was just thinking about how yeah that what what universal values would there be then you know like if you think about shared 
shared suffering of, you know, having shared understanding of, you know, people mourning um, relatives or anything like that. There's just like no basis for universal morality. I don't see. I can imagine what they would be other than some sort of like construct, right? That people create since they can't, you know, that's outside of just their lived experience of like, oh, we all die. But it's more just this like idea of like something. I don't know. It's frightening. Right. We all have to deal with death sometimes, but it's not, since it's not an inevitability for everyone in every culture. Yeah. Or it's like, or it's, I think it's more, it it opens a space for people to like be able to control what is moral or right a lot more. Right. Because you're not like just dealing with a existential reality. It's more like um, you're, you're creating those values completely, which I guess Nietzsche would say you you are anyway, but it's sort of, (laughs) I don't, I don't know. Like you, it's totally human centered values. There's no like world to bump up against or anything like that. Um, maybe there is, if you can still die in a car crash or something, but huh. right. Well, I mean, Kai, you just, you name dropped him. So maybe we should, we should stop bearing the lead. Right. I'm <laughs> yeah, sorry. You like that. <laughs> <laughs> Good transition. Kai. That was a sweet um, transition. So obviously our podcast is, is a reference to Nietzsche's thus, thus spake Zarathustra. And I think it would be, uh, a, a disservice to our listeners if we didn't didn't get into some Nietzsche in our first episode. Um, and obviously there's a ton to unpack there, but we wanted to to kind of look at his thought experiment of the eternal recurrence as sort of an, um, I guess, even more depressing look at, <laughs> at immortality. I guess we haven't been that happy throughout. This is now, a dark open episode. Let's get real dark. Um. Um, <laughs> But the idea here, just um, to, to kind of set it up, and then I'll get out of the way and let the two of you kind of unpack this but like Nietzsche as Kai references sort of starts his his career looking at all the ways in which religion and morality and even like inner human relationships and culture are sort of these human constructions right and that we um we attach so much meaning to them because we don't really know how else to live our lives um or because we let he would say and I don't like subscribe to his elitism here obviously but like that like lesser folks kind of like grab onto that because they they don't have the intellectual fortitude to like deal with the fact that none of these things he would argue are are real um obviously there's a lot uh to unpack in that statement alone and i that'll be another episode where we can talk about his misogyny or his elitism or etc etc but like what was interesting is once he gets down to the bottom of everything, he kind of tries to like systematically tear down anything that people are propping up to like give meaning to their lives, like religion. Um, and when he gets down to the bottom of everything, he goes like, okay, now what? And he doesn't, he doesn't just say live in this nihilistic empty void. Um, but instead poses this idea of an eternal recurrence where, um, he asks, what if you were reincarnated indefinitely, but not into a new life, um, but instead into this life, and you live every single second and every moment of the life you're living right now over and over and over again for all eternity? Like, all joys, terrors, banalities, everything um, sort of lasts forever. And Nietzsche uses that as uh, just a thought experiment, but as this idea of, like, how can you get to the place where you live your life with so much purpose and meaning that you would like say yes to what I would argue all of us see as a very terrifying notion. Right. Right. So I guess, so would you be like aware that you were eternally recurring or would it be like, would you be kind of going through your life like, Oh, next this is going to happen, but there's nothing you can do about it. Or would it just like I don't know if Nietzsche ever would it like, be new every time? I don't know if Nietzsche ever explicitly says that, but the terror with which right. he responds to it and <laughs> initially I think suggests like even if you were totally aware that you're gonna do this same thing forever and ever and ever, how could you live a life that you would right. say like yes to? Um, and I guess I, I yeah. think we can get to Nietzsche's answer at the end, but like I always feel like there's such when I really think about this idea there's this supreme disconnect between the fact that like I'm a, I'm a happy person. I like lots about my life. Right. Like, and that's not to say everything's right. Everything's perfect, but there's not a lot that I would, that I'm like Mm -hmm. dying to change in terms of like a, a, 
like big picture or structural level, right? Um, I like right. my job. I'm really happy mm-hmm. with my like relationships, my like my marriage, and all those things. And it's like, right? We have an amazing podcast. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, that's about to just explode. It's super like super mm-hmm. successful mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah, so we have at least five or six listeners lined up. So, oh, God, so <laughs> exciting. <laughs> so like so like if if that's all true, and I'm really happy about that, why does this idea of living every moment the same? so terrifying because it can't just be that it would be boring to do it forever like there has to be more right. than that but well, it's right. like we don't is have it because of the, the sort of lack of free will that's what i was thinking to me yeah. it's like yeah. we don't have because that's yeah. go ahead I, I mean that's i guess that's what that's what scares me about it and i hate <laughs> i feel like i'm always going back to like no. biology stuff but um you know this is kind of like the idea that all of your thoughts and feelings and stuff are just kind of inevitable sort of like results of brain chemistry. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so like this idea that you don't really have any control over what you do. I think that's what scares me most about it, you know, because you're just kind of aware that you're going through life, but also that you have no control over what happens yeah and i mean nietzsche actually does argue against free will earlier in his so he doesn't have any sort of like yeah that's interesting problem with that but i i agree with you tim like i do um we're like even if you could somehow solve or be comfortable with the, the free will this idea that like i have not i like the, the the mistakes or like the big regrets and i like that i have in my life the idea of having the knowledge of everything that's going to happen and being able to think ahead or have the foresight to change it and then have to just like live through it again i guess in this case i'm saying like what if you weren't and this isn't necessarily exactly what nisha is saying but like what if you weren't forced into this um but instead had to be so excited with your life that you would be like okay just Uh, like running headlong into those mistakes again um regardless of really interesting i think that's really cool like that yeah that idea that um you could be like liberated by this eternal you know, living the same experience over and over again. I don't know. The only way I can think about this question is just like, I don't know. I can't think about it as a pure thought experiment. I have to think about it like just in terms of his other, you know, ideas about like, I don't know. Like I think about maybe he's talking about the, the subconscious or the unconscious, you know, that you're constantly being, driven in the same way but i have no idea i don't know i just think a lot about like i think my reaction and this is i I don't know maybe this is overstating it but i i imagine this would be a lot of people's reaction is that like if i were living the same thing over and over again and this is again setting aside the free will question that is is a massive problem or or something that should be addressed but like (laughs) if you're going into this every single time headlong i think our our response would be like i'm gonna get it right this time i'm gonna avoid these mistakes that i've lived and i'm gonna make my life like better um right but you can't do that right in this situation it's not like the groundhog day thing i mean that's the thing right like i think nietzsche is saying he wants us he wants people to be able to create the brilliant groundhog day minute to minute movie where bill murray doesn't have to ever wake up and do the same day again and, and be so like emphatically like life affirming that we could say yes to that. But I, like, I don't think it's possible. I, it is. A, right. It is kind of like a, an inspiring way to think about things though. <laughs> yeah. If, if sort of depressing as well. Right. But I feel like I, isn't the other side, the Bill Murray where you do the same thing over and over again and, but tinker it and eat donuts at different times and run your friends into trains. Like, isn't that, but I think his point isn't is that, that the hell that we would all live. <laughs> right. And like punch people from high school for saying hi to you. I guess his point is, it's just, it's kind of futile, you know, it's like he, humans trying to change their experience, just fighting, constantly fighting their experience, you know, I, I rather mean, than just saying, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I agree that that's the, that's like the central tenet of Mr. Of Mr. Murray's philosophy. But right. Right. I feel like, I feel right. like, yes, it's futile. And, 
I couldn't possibly, even with the full knowledge of the futility of trying to change any of these things, I don't think I could help myself, right? Like, mm. as happy as I might be right now, it's like, well, why? Like, I can totally do an end run around this, and I can, like, make this relationship right before it does, you know, before it falls apart. Or, like, you know, like, pick whatever. But I, I feel like right. I would constantly be trying to go back and just, like, tinker with things in a way that would probably make my life, like emphatically worse. worse yeah i because i yeah. would have to i would be terrible at trying to fix things right and i would mm-hmm. assume that the limited knowledge i have right actually give me the ability to foresee i mean i i can't even like feel satisfied with the layout of my phone and like the apps <laughs> that i have on there i am tinkering so with i don't that see, every <laughs> i don't see day. how i could like go through my entire life without <laughs> i have like 20 followers on twitter and i change the like banner for my twitter page every other day because I'm not because I'm not thrilled with it. <laughs> I always hate whatever else I right. pick. <laughs> it's a nightmare. Is there any I don't know. I don't want to just it's, like it's horrifying. It's horrifying. <laughs> I don't know. I can't I can't even envision it as a pure thought experiment. Like I can't it's just too difficult. I don't know. I think that because like other form and I'm far from an expert, but other forms of like reincarnation, both like religious and like the myth of Ur and other like thought experiments are like really comforting to me on some level. This idea of like multiple chances to experience multiple perspectives, um, which Nietzsche eventually kind of argues for in this, like finding a way to be detached enough to do that in this life. Um, But like reincarnation itself is kind of comforting to me. Um, But the idea of just like being reincarnated as Jake again and again and again and again, I just feel like it's, or impossible yeah. to not just like face all of your own inadequacies in thinking about it as an isolated thought experiment in a way that like I can't tell if that's what's making me un- uncomfortable or like the literal timelessness of of his question. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like you'd have to be sort of supremely self-involved to want to want that. <laughs> yeah, that's right? fair. <laughs> uh, yeah i'm so proud of me right like, now that you, i would do it over and over right again. you'd have to just be really 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 in love with everything that you do god so that's my problem Ooh. that's why i won't ever have huh just gotta love yourself yeah. that's all nietzsche's all saying that's all nietzsche's saying. <laughs> every nietzsche scholar is just like face palming right now. <laughs> john lennon is actually the nietzschean idea of <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> People are just like, uh-huh. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Just don't worry. Be happy. Totally. That's very. Nietzsche. It's basically Nietzsche, right? <laughs> Bobby McFerrin and Nietzsche. That was actually the original. <laughs> that was actually the working title for the Antichrist before he published it. Under that name. <laughs> don't worry. Be happy. <laughs> right, and thus spake Zarathustra was originally. Uh, we're gonna rock down to Electric Avenue. Is that right? Is that Bobby McFerrin? <laughs> I'm, I'm out of my depth here, so. Yeah. Oh my god, that's funny. Damn it. Finally, a, a topic I've got some opinions <laughs> about, and you guys just you, you're bringing nothing to the table. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tim's gonna. We're gonna sign off for Thus Spake Jake, and Tim is now going to start his solo pod, <laughs> The Bobby McFerrin Hour. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. Oh, Electric Avenue is Eddie Grant, <laughs> not Bobby McFerrin. My bad. Not even a good reference. <laughs> I mean, you certainly could have fooled me, and it sounds like Kai too. So yeah, that I just don't want endless, endless tweets and emails correcting me. About yeah, this, at least so. two of our six listeners probably knew that you were getting that totally wrong. Right? Actually, I'm sure Tosh knew. I'm sure Tosh would know. Other than being like super self. That's hilarious. Go, Tosh. Um, other than being like super self-involved, can you imagine circumstances where you would actually like? say yes or embrace this like perpetual loop or that you'd be willing to to like start up the engine and and go around one more time with the life you have like what would it take how would your life have to look i mean i think in a sense maybe that's his point the life affirming part of it Mm -hmm. that you're not actually fighting your experiences you know before but you're just you know you've given into it in a certain way and there is kind of that's kind of a peaceful idea I mean, you are living yeah, the same say, thing over that's... and over again. And I don't, that could totally not be, I mean, I don't know if that's a interpretation that's like, you know, other people have said, but I think that, yeah, that part of it's kind of peaceful. 
I mean... That's sort of what I meant by it being, like, an inspiring mm-hmm. idea. Is like, not in, like, a no-regrets kind of way, but, like, that you should strive to, I don't know, live the kind of life that you'd want to repeat over and over again mm-hmm. forever. I like that. I wonder how much of that, too, comes down to, like, y- someone's willingness to just embrace the fact that it'll never be like this seems such like such a trite point but like embracing (laughs) all of the terrible mistakes you've made in some sense just like knowing like you could have a million tries at this and you would still fuck it up somehow right yeah Um, right you do better you can do worse but like recognizing that like moment to moment hardships aren't necessarily the way in which we would like define a good life right um Right, and therefore gaining some perspective on that might be part of it. I mean, that, again, that seems a little rosy for for where yeah. Nietzsche goes. Well, um, I keep on thinking about you know, so like he has this idea that like man is something to be overcome, you know, like the mm-hmm. Superman. And I wonder if like this ha- is related to that, you know, that you um you're kind of overcoming your resistance to to your life or your um you know obsession with controlling your experience you're really kind of moving right. to a new value a new value set or something i don't know it's, yeah and no i like that and i also think like after in thus big zarathustra itself he has a parable about mm. a man biting the head off a snake that's climbed down his mouth and then laughing and that's his his initial answer which is unbelievably satisfying <laughs> um, i mean literally, like the book doesn't end but so it, clear the next the right. next no, I, chapters I mean, I of I victory like i get it yeah now. yeah exactly just like oh there it is life that earlier. that's <laughs> so you guys want to go like find some garter snakes um no i i i think that when he fleshes that out a little more he talks about this like he, this, it's this analogy of like stairs right and that the person who has, like Kai was saying, who's overcome so many of these obstacles has like resided on each step of the, of the stairs. Right. And looking back, you know, that, that, that true philosopher was once uh, an ideologue and once a like priest and once like, and, and I don't know how much you can like spell out the sequence to be like, that's what we're choosing. But this idea of like, if somehow you can live this detached life where you can step out of a role and see that it's all like social constructive constructions and like various perspectives and then step into a new role and somehow like inhabit it fully and authentically. And then like doing that again and again allows you to see as much and experience as much and understand as much about the human condition as possible um, is actually Nietzsche's sort of answer, um, which is really cool on a core level, but I'm really skeptical of this idea that somehow you could be both aloof enough to, for lack of a, a less crass way to put it, like aloof enough that this to see that this is sort of all bullshit, at least in Nietzsche's opinion, but then be able to step in and like live life um, fully as a, you know, pick oh, your man. perspective, like to, to for a short time, be able to truly and authentically believe and inhabit a position, but then pull yourself out seems. This cool, is so fascinating to me, right? To me, yeah, because uh, right. you know Nietzsche's often like he wrote a lot about Buddhism, like calling it like nihilistic and, and mm-hmm. really like um, not life affirming. But this is essentially Buddhism is Mahayana Buddhism is what he's describing is how you <laughs> de- really not to get too, but he de- you detach from the world and then you're better able to actually engage in it. Um, but it's really, yeah. How does that actually happen? Is really difficult to say. And I guess um, back to, and and the, the the Buddhism thing is fascinating, and I, I don't pretend yeah. to really know anything. I don't know very much about it either. But, I've heard that but um, yeah. but like that's so interesting because like, I don't know. This is back to the Hobbes being like unfalsifiable when he when he can just say to anyone like well if you don't see the monster inside of you like Uh you're not looking hard enough um and that's could be neat i don't know but like given how arrogant and bombastic (laughs) he can be i think that would be Nietzsche's response right like i say i don't think i could authentically inhabit a perspective and then pull myself out and he should be like yeah because you're fucking feeble and weak thank you so much for tuning in to thus spake jake our brand new and 
as you've experienced, Idiotic Philosophy Podcast. Um, <laughs> if you want to follow us on Twitter or send in any sort of uh, topic suggestion, suggestions to the show, you can find us at Jake or email into thespakejake at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, I don't have much else to say, so it's been fun um, for the podcast. I'm Jake. Yeah. I'm Tim. Okay. Remember, eat a snake backwards. You'll find enlightenment. <laughs> That's a, That's a terrible set off. I'm not going to say I like it. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I basically kept there that it whole is. time. I Avenue.